Welcome to this production from College Place United Methodist Church. To find out more about our church, please visit our website at www.collegeplaceumc.org. And now, here's our sermon from Dr. Bill Daniel. A lot of peace in our music this morning, yeah? Peace for the soul. Peace for the weary. May the praises of God's people and the word of God preserve us and bring peace to us. As we read together the word of God, the gospel according to Mark, chapter 9, verses 38 through 50. Hear the word of peace. John said, To him, teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name. We tried to stop him because he was not following us. But Jesus said, do not stop him for no one who does a deed of power in my name will be able soon afterward to speak evil of me. Whoever is not against us is for us. For truly I tell you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you bear the name of Christ will by no means lose the reward. If any of you put a stumbling block before one of these little ones who believe in me, it would be better for you if a great millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life maimed than to have two hands and to go to hell to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than to have two feet and be thrown in to hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, tear it out. It's better for you to enter the kingdom with one eye than to have two eyes and to be thrown into hell, where the worm never dies and the fire never quenched. For everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its saltiness, how can you season it? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Before my father retired early and went back to law school and became a lawyer, he was an engineer, a civil engineer. When I was a little kid, I thought that meant he drove trains, but I was disappointed to learn they just built roads, you know. And um, my father loved engineering solutions and to talk about the ingenuity of engineering. And um, he, he taught me to kind of really appreciate engineering solutions. Usually the solutions to problems involved both and. He called it uh, suspenders and belt solutions, you know. You don't just wear the suspender or just wear the belt. You wear the suspender and belt and your pants won't fall down. <laughs> if the problem is your pants falling down, build redundancy into it. You've got to have the right tools to solve it. I saw a funny little flow chart that really captured kind of the way my dad approached life with engineering solutions. This is the the flow chart for engineering solutions. You You see an engineering situation and you ask, does the part move? No. Well, should it? Well, no. Well, then you got no problem. But if the part doesn't move, and it should, well, use WD-40. Right? 
Does the part move? Well, yes. Well, should it? Yes. No problem. But if it's not moving, and it should, duct tape. <laughs> if it moves and you want to keep it in place, use the duct tape. All solutions are boiled down to, in the end, whether you can use WD-40 and get it moving, or duct tape to keep it in place. <laughs> so many human problems, I think, are the same way. Human problems, church problems, that all the problems that come to us, you've got to have the right tools. You've got to have the right preservatives to keep things from spoiling and going wrong. We know oil keeps the engine moving and then bracing and, you know, to have a bridge, you've got to keep everything balanced and load-bearing, as my father taught me. You've got to have the right solutions, but they all boil down to WD-40 our duct tape. I think something is going on like this. The disciples are facing a troubled path ahead. Jesus will go to the cross. Jesus is preaching the kingdom and yet different understandings of what the kingdom message is and what Jesus is calling are beginning to develop and even the disciples say, teacher, we saw some other group, some other party of prophets and apostles casting out demons, and we tried to stop them because we are the true disciples. And Jesus said to this problem, don't stop them. Whoever is not against us is for us. Jesus is saying to the problem of the party spirit that even in the first disciples, there's always a group church or in government or in business that think they're the, they're the protectors of the truth. And Jesus says, whoever is not against us is for us. Jesus is trying to use a little WD-40 where the disciples want to duct tape the movement of God and the kingdom of God and fasten it to themselves and their hopes and dreams. Using duct tape where God wants to free us up with a little lubrication in the spirit is bound to receive the word of Jesus. Don't stop the others. Whoever is not against us is for us. This is a strange word to us in this season of political discourse and division, isn't it? Who is not against us is for us. Whoever gives a cup of water to drink in the name of Christ will by no means lose their reward. Jesus is talking about disciples need the preservative of participation. We need to participate with others around us, understand the world, and not be driven by a party spirit. Participation rather than regulation. The sustaining power. Disciples need sustaining power for the long haul. We need allies and friends to be a part of God's work in the world. And so often, even in churches, we sometimes divide off and say, Teacher, Lord, we tried to stop the others because they are not following us. This faces our own church on the national and international stage. Whoever gives a cup of water to drink in the name of Christ will by no means lose their reward. The sustaining power of God, one of God's attributes and what the attribute 
of disciples should be who are growing in the image of God is the sustaining power. In Hebrew, it's called emeth, emeth. It's sometimes translated truth, but it has the connotation of the sustaining power of truth, the enduring, preserving power of God. God is truth, but it is truth that endures, that sustains, that solves problems, that goes against all that would spoil and destroy in life. We saw God's character with the people of God in Israel. God's liberating power leading the Israelites out from Egypt through the parched deserts, ultimately sustaining them into the promised land. God was a preserving God, providing manna. And many times they grumbled, why are you leading us this way? And yet God's sustaining power led the people of God from a parched land of division and oppression to the promised land. Where do we need to be reminded of God's redeeming, renewing, releasing power? Where could we use a little WD-40? The people of God in Israel wandering needed manna each day, but the manna was only given for the day. It was only given for one day's provision to preserve. And then the extra would simply vanish. God gives preservatives for the day. Where do we need a little spiritual manna and WD-40 to preserve us? To bring us from our parched places of division and grumbling and party spirit that says the kingdom of God comes with my way and all else find the highway. We disciples of Jesus often want to use duct tape and bind others where God wants to free. And God is in the process of leading us to freedom as a beloved people to participate and find allies along the way. We live in a society that is good at finding enemies and making them. Disciples who want to grow ask, should we be moving? Should we be changing? How can we find a way to offer with others a cup of water in a parched land. Disciples who want to grow not only participate with God and find allies where they can, but they also understand the powerful preservative of prevention. They use duct tape. <laughs> Verses 42, Jesus says, if any of you disciples are a stumbling block before the children... It would be better if a millstone were hung around your neck and thrown into your sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, duct tape it. If your foot causes you to stumble, duct tape it. If your eye causes you to stumble, duct tape it. Everyone who is a disciple must understand that we need to prevent and understand God's way and rather than using our way to grasp and to see it only our way and to only walk in our way, we must learn how to see things through God's perspective and to be God's hands in the world. To be preservatives in the world sometimes means that we have to also prevent our own pride, and our own need for prestige and pride of position to lead the way. 
We should probably remember that in our political debates. We should probably remember it in our theological debates that we face in years ahead as well. The power of prevention. There was a funny Canadian uh, comedy star. He's not famous over here. His name is Red Green. Okay, he's a television star, Red Green. Anybody ever seen Red Green in Canada? He's a funny guy, and Red Green taught all of Canada the power of duct tape. He believed that uh, in the division, there's a part of Canada called Quebec that always wants to break away from Canada. He recommended that all Can Canadians needed to do was simply duct tape the border of Quebec with the rest of Canada and hold them still long enough he was trying to use duct tape to keep, not the border secure from Americans, but to keep, keep Quebec in unity with the rest of, of Canada. It's a funny thought, but I wonder where we are using duct tape with our borders and who we want to be on the in-group and the out-group, and we tend to use duct tape. Jesus asked different questions. He asked, will disciples... Will disciples find their hands, their eyes, and their feet going in the way of Christ and following in the way of the cross? Or will we spend our entire lives using duct tape to cause division across who's on the in-group and who's in the out-group? Even disciples in the early church had the tendency to decide who was the party in dominance. But the preservative of prevention and holding on in unity to God's people and to all people because God loves us is a sign of a growing disciple and a growing church. Duct tape. Sometimes we need to hold together the things that divide us. I love the movie Apollo 13. And in that movie, um, again, an engineering problem on a vast scale, but a human problem too. The oxygen tanks on the Apollo spacecraft blow up and they have to come back to Earth by slingshotting around the moon and causing a number of days delay in returning. But while they're in, in the spaceship, their CO2 is, is growing in the spacecraft and they need to find a way to create a filter that will work because they had to shut all the, the systems down almost to a minimum. And they, they looked at all the parts that they had inside the spacecraft to create this, and they had, a, they had a sock that they thought they could use as a filter for the CO2. You know, you look at a sock, and then they had a square canister, and then they had a round hole that the filter needed to go over. How do you get a square canister to fit in a round hole with a sock? Well, they found, and an engineer found out, that they had a roll of duct tape on Apollo 13, right? <laughs> and that engineer said, I knew in that moment when we had the duct tape, we had all the parts to bring the astronauts home. We could, keep, we could get the square peg to go into the round hole with a sock and keep the CO2 from reaching dangerous proportions. I think we've got a similar situation in our, in our society. We have people trying to put square pegs in round holes and there's a lot of noxious air and there's a lot of waste and there's a lot of spoil and destruction in our society. And we simply need to follow the way of Christ in this and remember that 
Sometimes God calls us to hold together the things that separate us a little while longer until the air can clear. Do we ever wait and hold together with our enemies and hold together in trying to force our agendas and force our hand and force the way we see things? That's the way of hell, as our scripture talks about. But if we hold on to one another in our differences a little longer, use the duct tape to hold us, to bind us together across our differences, can we allow the air to clear to get us home again as God's people, as American people, as Methodists? What noxious fumes have clouded the air that we need to filter? What will prevent us from flying apart? The preservative that Jesus talks about is the preservative of peace. The preservative of peace elsewhere in Scripture we are admonished as God's believers and as disciples of Christ to maintain at all costs the bond of peace. The sweet bond of peace. In our passage, Jesus says it's like salt that preserves. But salt loses its saltiness. And peaceableness and agreeableness can lose its flavor in our society. Have salt in yourself. Be a preservative and be at peace. Be in the bond of peace with those who are, who are against us. That's what Jesus was reminding his disciples. There will be those against us within our denomination, within our, within our church, within our society, and yet we are called to be salt, to be a preservative. But often we seek our own way. And peace only has its place if it will get us our reward. We seek peace until it only gives us what we want. There was a funny story about a, a widow who was married to a rather wealthy man who died. And she expected all of his wealth to be bequeathed to her. And at the reading of... The will at probate, uh, the lawyer informed her that the husband had left her $5 and left the rest to her secretary, to his secretary. Naturally, as you have indicated with your indignity, a certain injustice was discovered there, and it was time for the widow, with her furious anger, to put the tombstone on her husband's grave. They had already arranged and had the tombstone already had on it, rest in peace. The woman phoned the tombstone uh, carver and said, uh, we're going to have to change that rest in peace part. Um, he goes, I'm sorry, the rest in peace has already been chiseled. I can't change it now. You'll have to simply buy a new stone and we'll start over again. And that'll be pretty expensive. Seeing that she only had $5 from him, she thought better of that. And she said, no, let's don't put a new stone. Let's leave the rest in peace part. Just add, till we meet again. <laughs> we all want rest in peace if we can get our way. <laughs> and then it's rest in peace till we meet again if we don't get our way. This is not the peace that Jesus is talking about. Rest in peace till we meet again. Not peace if I can get my own way or Give me what I want and I'll leave you in peace. 
No one can get hurt. Just give me what I want. No one gets hurt. It's not that kind of peace that we're talking about. And I think that's somehow what disciples of Jesus often mistake, a short-term peace. The way forward for the disciples in this passage is the way, ultimately, of suffering with Christ, against opposition, against those who would destroy Christ. The world will spoil the message of the good news. Peace with God through Jesus Christ. It comes at a cost in following the way of Christ. But to be salt, to be a preservative, to be peace in the world, we have to renew that peace. And that peace has to come together often as we relate to people who don't wish us peace. This is the world we live in. If we think of preservatives for a second, we often we come seriously to the preservative of salt, and Jesus uses that, that, that imagery that salt is a preservative. In the early church days before refrigeration, salt for meat was a way to preserve it against the spoil of meat. It certainly brought flavor forth, but it wasn't simply about bringing the flavor. It was about removing the moisture from the meat so that Bacteria would not spoil it as quickly. You'd needed to continue the salting process. But if you think about salt, for instance, salt is what? Sodium chloride combined? It has a life-giving, flavoring, preservative effect together. You pull those two apart, and what are they? <laughs> they're noxious. They're, they're, they're acidic. They're, they're dangerous. They destroy. But bringing those two together can release life and peace. And I think this is the peace that Jesus is talking about. A kind of peace where we engage with the other who is different. Engage with those who speak ill of, of, of us. Engage with people who vote against our interests and who promote a path in the body politic of spoil and search to destroy these are preservatives. Disciples of Jesus Christ are preservatives against a kind of victory that comes, a Pyrrhic victory, as the Latins call it, a peace that comes at all costs. Jesus says peace, but to be engaged with the problems of those around us. It's not simply a peace that can be regulated. The Society of International Law in London did a study over the last 4,000 years of recorded history, there have only been 268 years of peace. 268. Despite thousands of good peace treaties and regulations and solutions, and in the last 300 years alone, there have been 286 wars. This is a violent world, and it is a world that seeks to spoil scorched earth, if you will. And yet, Jesus' way, the disciples' way, calls us to be preservatives of peace. Peace like salt that bonds across dangerous differences in our world at cost to affect and to release the true life, the true hope, it is a kind of WD-40. We are a kind of stimulus to the world 
that seeks to destroy, and we are to be the natural antidote through bringing preservation, to persevere, to endure, to take on the character of God whose very nature is to preserve. Emeth, God's own nature, to endure and to preserve in the face of spoil. Where is peace that we might enter into it, people of God? Well, you've got the salt as a preservative, but my mother reminded me this weekend there's another kind of way to preserve. There's another preservative, and I know some of you in here practice it. It's called pickling. Anybody do any pickling? We've still got a few picklers, right? We've got a pickler here. We've got some picklers. Well, pickling, we don't have as many picklers as we have salters, right? We salt in our society, and we probably put too much salt on our, on our foods for flavoring. But pickling is a longer process. Pickling is a process in which we try to sterilize the bacteria that would spoil the cucumber, or really you can pickle anything, I'm told, right? You could pickle your shoe and probably eat it, right? <laughs> well, I know you can fry a shoe in the South and eat it, right? You could fry anything. But pickling, you can pickle just about anything and it'll preserve it, because you bring acid to the situation. There's some salt to it, and there's some, my mom said there's alum involved, you put a little alum in it, and then you put the vinegar and all of it together over time, and you let it sit long enough, and the pickle with the acid will keep the bacteria from forming and spoiling. I think Jesus chose his metaphor carefully. Salt, we are to be salt. We are to be a life-giving, flavoring, perhaps peace-giving preservative in the world against differences, over against differences, working with differences. Salt works, brings out the flavor of all. But all too often, the temptation is to instead be a preservative of salt and peace, to be a preservative of pickling and acidity. We have a culture of acidity and toxicity that tries to scrub clean and create a solution to every problem with the acid of criticism. We see it in every stage and age of our society. Criticism, complaint, critique as the fuel of problem solving. And Jesus says, don't be a sour pickle to the world. Be salt. Be the preservative of peace. The acid of criticism and never, in, uh, and never satisfied critique and resistance ultimately spoils the world around us. Don't be a sourpuss pickle preservative. Be the preservative of peace. Maintain the bond of peace in a world that is looking for peace and stepping stones rather than being stumbling blocks. Jesus wants his disciples and wants us to no longer be stumbling blocks to the gospel in the world with the acid of our criticism, but to instead be life-giving, flavoring, blessed and highly flavored, as some of you wonderful saints say, even flavored with our enemies. Are we at peace participating and preventing? Are we using the WD-40 of God's spirit of encouragement 
where we need encouragement and moving? Are we using the duct tape that binds us fast to the Word of God and to those who are of goodwill and people who may be different than us but are also people of goodwill? Giving a cup of cold water in the name of Christ to those who are not even of our denomination or our religion or our political party? Binding together with duct tape. We have to know when to use the WD-40 and when to use the duct tape. But it's always for the sake of being a preservative of peace in the world. All things. We're given tools in this life. We're given our lives and we're given our faith and we're given each other as a church to stimulate us to growth when we need it, to hold fast to the truth and to the gospel when we need that, but to always seek the peace of Jerusalem, the peace of Brunswick, the peace of St. Simons, the peace of Glen County, the peace of America. Can we be salt that seeks the peace, the bond of peace for our nation and our world? We are given a life with tools, and we can be a solution if we are disciples following the path of being preservatives. A poet said, isn't it strange that princes and kings and clowns that caper in sawdust rings and common people like you and me are builders for eternity? Each of us given a bag of tools, a shapeless mass, a book of rules. Each must make before life has flown a stumbling block or a stepping stone. Will we be college place? Stumbling blocks or stepping stones to peace as preservatives in the world, where is peace that we might enter into it? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray to be instruments of peace. Amen. This has been a production of College Place United Methodist Church. May God bless you richly upon hearing this message.